Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. On the OC. This is the last one. I'm kind of sad about it. It, It is sad. It's bittersweet. Yet, so it's bitter because it's ending and this is our favorite show of all time. But it's sweet because I think after watching this whole first season, it's time. Yeah. It's time. We got a new, we got a new journey ahead of us. We got a new journey. Our next journey is going to be embarking into just more hot teen drama. And I think... We're just ready. Yeah. But let's, we're going to tie a bow on this. Do it right. The OC right. nest has been amazing. It's been warm, comfortable, familiar, but it's time to fly. Yeah, because it's been great getting our feet wet and comfortability, but... How wet are your feet? Mine so, are pretty moist. So, but it's going to be nice because we've only seen Eighth and Ocean... I mean, we've, seen, we've seen the OC. I've seen it like 17 times since it aired. Because I'm not a psycho, I'm probably about three or four. Yeah, good point. But you've still seen it a few times. Neither of us have seen Eighth and Ocean since yeah. that's gonna be so fresh. <laughs> since 2005. So that's gonna be pretty wild uh, to go back and relive that with just the freshest of eyes. Um, okay, so this is the final episode of the OC. It's the finale. It it's called Ties That Bind. Honestly, just to kick it off, I when I was watching it, I was struggling getting like notes down because I was so enthralled with like like it just took me right back this to like is, fuck, fuck. This is a doozy of a season finale. It's got to be one of the best season finales of all time. Like because we were saying this, it's back when like there was no TiVo, there was no DVR, there was no recording anything. Pre binging. And pre-binge, and you would watch a show, and then if it had a cliffhanger, it was like a real cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, you had to just... Another good six months to go before the next episode. And just, like, build the anticipation for six months, and then by the time it came back, you were so primed and ready, and just filled up. And I would say, really, like, is Game of Thrones, like, the only show now that you watch live? That's the only one left, and that's coming to mind for me. Yeah, besides like sporting events, obviously, but like TV show wise, I think that's that's the only show that's live, and I miss that. I miss not having the live stuff. So okay, um, what were some things that I know that you had some stuff about the beginning? Oh well, I guess basically to set up one of the main through lines of this whole episode is Teresa's back. God, so. We talked about Teresa. She was in an episode kind of earlier. I think it was one of the Oliver episodes. And we were so glad to get her out of the OC just because she kind of comes into the bubble and ruins it. This episode is kind of like in a horror movie where you think the killer's dead, but they come back. They pop out of the lake and grab you and they're back and you're back in danger. I just, she just annoys the shit out of me. I, I, we've spent no time on her because her storyline 
it just it bothers me. I don't like kid drama. Well, she threatens to kind of ruin what like the fabric of the show. She does, and I'm just I don't like I don't like when you weave kids in because then it like makes it way too real. Yeah. I don't watch teen dramas. This is why I don't like Teen Mom. Like Teen Mom is apparently like I should by definition. That's love why it. you don't like Teen Mom. Yeah, <laughs> I should by definition love Teen Mom because okay. like a lot of people have similar taste as me in TV shows have said like which is like you know garbage reality TV. No, and stuff. it's definitely frightening. That's the only reason you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah. I've got well, a couple more. No, I don't like I don't like when you get kids in the mix because it's like I love drama when it's like all you know, getting drunk, hooking up with other people, all that stuff. I live for that shit. Mm-hmm. But I don't like when you start weaving kids in because then it just makes it like fucking real. It's yeah. like, God, you guys are you're no longer drunk young idiots. You're bad human beings. Yeah. And you should be in jail. So, yeah. But, so, kind of the whole premise of this episode is that back while Ryan and Marissa were broken up, Teresa, his ex-girlfriend from Chino, from back in the day, had some unprotected sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now there's a chance that um, the, the child that she's carrying is Ryan's. And yeah. And if that's the case... Ryan has to move back to Chino and basically ruin everybody's life. So that's why I didn't have much written down for a lot of this episode because it's like the drama is just so real and you're so like glued to the screen of like, what's going to happen? Like, is is she going to go back? Are they going to have the kid? Are they not going to have the kid? There's a lot of talk with like, does she have an abortion? Does she not have an abortion? A lot of, uh, a lot of her... Kind of talking to Ryan about it, and then Ryan offering up like, "Y'all, I'll be the dad. I'll be there for this kid." But he says, that, "I think I brought this up during the episode." <laughs> he says it with the same amount of conviction that you might have if, um, like somebody offers to pay the check at dinner, and then <laughs> you jump in. You're like, "No, no, no, no I got that. I got this one." Yeah, dude, no, no, it's me. That's me. You paid last time. Yeah, you raised I, that kid last like time. You play, I got it yeah, this yeah, time. yeah. You play the game where there's a bit like obviously you have to protest, but like really you want them to pick the check up. No, no, no. Don't you pay for that? Yeah, no, no I got you? this. Oh, fine, okay, whatever. That you, you get this one. I'll get the next one. It makes you uncomfortable just talking about it because yeah, it's like the same thing of. No, no, don't have an abortion. Yeah, no. It's very uncomfortable. It's it's so uncomfortable on topic. Yeah. We can't get out of this unscathed. So I like it just that that's what's been happening. So there's there's like a lot going on and you're like you're sitting there hoping like you're just like I don't want Ryan to leave. Like you're like like yeah. Seth and this You you've like what while we were watching this, it's so easy to be Ryan in this because you know because you've Probably, already fathered a couple kids out of wedlock? At this point, uh, I was in, I think, a <laughs> freshman in high school. So I think I only had the two kids <laughs> at that point. But yeah, you like you, you realize that the right move is to for her to have this baby. Because um, I guess that she's feeling strongly that way. You don't want Ryan to talk her out of that. But you're feeling in his shoes because you don't want, you don't want him to leave. Ryan's not ready to be a dad. I know that. You think he'd be a good dad? He's I'm no. Yeah, probably. No. Probably <laughs> like, he he still eats cereal out of the box without milk. I That's mean a he good does, point. He doesn't even know how to pull fucking cere- pour cereal into a fucking bowl. So like we've been over his that. job rearing skills I have no confidence in them. He should not be a dad right now. Um also he comes from a broken home, so it's like 
the only experience he has with parenting is like child abuse. He's probably going to beat the kid. Yeah. So I I don't think he should be a dad. But anyways, okay. So real abortion topics happening in this episode. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, to get it off abortion topics, I just want to say that Jimmy, in the preview of this episode at the very beginning, what they showed him at a pool and he was shirtless. Oh yeah, that was rough. <laughs> and it was like, it looks like he's got. He should never be shirtless. No, it's no. why they never show Sandy shirtless because you know when you see Sand, it's diff- It's for a different reason, but when you see Sandy shirtless, it's gonna be like, "Hey, old man." Put a fucking shirt on. Get those nips. Gorilla away. Man over here. <laughs> We've actually, I think we painted a picture for our listeners about what Sandy would look like shirtless, but unfortunately, mm. we don't have to paint that picture for nipple hairs easy. that just extend yeah. at least. If he were to straighten his nipple hairs, like, you know, girls have curly mm. hair will straighten their hair. If he were to straighten his nipple hairs, no doubt that he would have to tuck his nipple hairs into his pants. Absolutely. Because they would go all the way down, past his pubes, past his knees. He'd have to tuck them into his fucking socks. Sandy could be up in the tall tower. It would be a safety hazard. (laughs) Yeah. Fire hazard. He could be uh, Rapunzel style up in the tall tower. He could could dangle his nipple hairs down to a prince and have him climb up. Look, un- unnecessary shots to Sandy here because it's this Sorry, all started Sandy. because Jimmy was shirtless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jimmy, Jimmy, his chest hair is another sight to see. It's it's got like clump. There's clumps. At, there's just like three clumps on his chest of hair, and then nothing anywhere else. Would you say it's worse than his head hair? His head hair looks a lot like in Gladiator. Everyone's haircuts from back then. Oh yeah, where you like Russell Crowe, you just combed it forward a little bit. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, it's like a short haircut where you kind of have minimal bang action yeah, happening. I think Clooney brought that into vogue, yeah, yeah. like in the late nineties. Yeah, and he looks cool because he's George Clooney, but but this is Tate Donovan, and yeah, he's a it, fucking loser. Yeah, and it's like six years too late. Yeah, hate it. So the best thing that happened in this episode, sticking on the Jimmy front, is that Caleb Caleb used the best old man jab of all time, oh, calling yeah. calling calling Jimmy a pant load. Should <laughs> <laughs> have to pull that into the rotation. Is that like a dump? Like you're like you're like the poo in my pants. I think that's what it is. Amazing! I, I'd never heard that. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna start using that all the time. Yeah, like, I think it's like a synonym man. for a piece of shit. Yeah. So that was amazing. You had another funny thing about uh, oh, go on. when Ryan, <laughs> when yeah, th- you were really funny this episode. So nice. don't get used to that, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so you, what was that when Ryan was had to step away from dinner for a second? Oh, that one's going to be impossible <laughs> to translate. But they were out um, having the rehearsal dinner be- the night before the wedding. Oh yeah, and Caleb's getting yeah. it's it's the night before Caleb and Julie's horrible nuptials yeah, that no absolutely. one's happy about. Ryan's unbelievably stressed about his Teresa baby dilemma, so he's just kind of sitting there at dinner, can't sit still. Their dinner's outside. Their dinner is outside <laughs> in the backyard, and all of a sudden he just gets up from the table and comes inside. And yeah. people follow him in. They're like, what's going on? You're fine? He's like, oh, I just need some fresh air. <laughs> at this point, I couldn't help to point out the PD that he took his fresh air inside. 
<laughs> he was out in the fresh air. Needed to come inside. I feel like if Josh Schwartz got that one again, he would have. Oh yeah, he'd he write that. Yeah. He'd write that wrong. Something probably happened on set where they needed to kind of change that up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, so we'll let it slide. I gotta say, right after that, though, Ryan's like, "Okay, I gotta go inside for some air." Okay, now that I'm inside for some fresh air. Hey, gang. <laughs> um, no, I can't tell you this here. Let's go down to the beach mm-hmm. where Marissa likes to hang out on the lifeguard stand. This She's is drinking beach. her This inside. is beach news. This is beach news at 10 o'clock at night. They go down to the beach. We notice there's a lot of fires there. Looks Looked awesome. like the best. Looks like, like easily I couldn't imagine a better hangout than having a beach fire. I still have never done it. Bucket list thing. Bucket list. We'll do that at some point. Um, and they go to one of the lifeguard uh, stands or whatever where that's where Marissa, really more in season two, you see her just drink straight liquor out of a bottle on that lifeguard stand and just get drunk as fuck every single night as a 17 year old. That's her move. And uh, so they go to the lifeguard stand, Ryan's like, hey um, I've been thinking a lot about it and I gotta go back. I gotta go back and raise this kid. And it's like I, when I was watching that I was like, take him right back. To like when I was seeing that, because the whole time you're watching it and you're like, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this, don't be a good dad, don't be a good dad. <laughs> and then like, and then he's, and, but you know he should. You know he has to. It's the right thing to do. But you don't want him to, as a viewer you're thinking that, and then when he goes like on the beach at night, you're like, no, no, he's going to do it, I know he's going to do it. And then he, he does it, and you're just like, damn it. Yeah, so intense. He basically breaks up with his girlfriend and his best friend. Yeah. Slash brother in the same sentence. Yeah, so it's that's why it's good watching this back because like I still see these scenes and it's like it just it it makes me so reminiscent of when I was watching it for the first time and it just like brings a fucking rush. Rush of emotions right on back. So he says that. Then after that, they go to the wedding. And it was like he was marrying Satan. All the roses were red. Nice pickup. We asked intern Whitney. We asked intern Whit. Yeah, because I'm always looking out for Nissan Sun. I'm always looking out for that. And uh, we asked intern Whitney as a girl, like, "Hey, what's up with wedding flowers? Do they ever have like red roses?" She was like, "No, fuck no." (laughs) You say fuck no. She said, fuck no, they would never have red roses. Fuck that shit. Very, that was very Whitney-like. And so we were like, oh, that's interesting. And then they had like a red carpet also running down with red rose petals. All the, all the, all the bridesmaids were wearing red. Red, yeah, red dresses. And it was like, classic. She's a villain. She's got to wear, she can't wear a red dress, obviously. And then I was thinking... Is this the original Red Wedding? Whoa. Whoa. Hey, like that. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Before right. Game of Thrones made Red Wedding famous, is this, is Josh Schwartz wow. watching the Red, like, Red Wedding for Game of Thrones and being like, hey, what the fuck? I don't know. When you look back on this podcast, like, years and years when they're digging this up in history, that's going to go down as, like, a top, top five take. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yep. That was the only good note I took. Because clearly, yeah, this is the Red Wedding. I said in the beginning it's called The Ties That Bind. 
We're gonna call it the red wedding. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll fix we'll fix that up. We'll we'll title this just the red wedding. That's a good idea. We should title this one that. Then awesome song at the wedding. Maybe oh, yeah. I'm amazed. Yeah, original Paul McCartney We looked it up. Uh, written and originally performed by Paul McCartney, and it's performed in this. She's actually shouted out in the summary of the episode. Her name is Jim. Yeah. Had never heard of her before this. That's, he said this, this song, by is the Jim version on your iPod? Yeah. So they do that where they would always get indie music, like indie singers with original music, but then if they ever did a famous song... They wouldn't pay like Paul McCartney. They keep the cost down and just have some like indie musician cover it. Right. Would do they still have to get authorization for that? Yeah, you have cover? to pay for. It's been a while, but you have to pay for. Like, there's two parts of it. If you use the actual recording, you have to pay for the rights, the songwriters' rights, and the actual recording. If you do what they did here, then they just do the songwriter. So Paul McCartney still got paid for that but not as much as if they would have used the Wings version. And we know we can go to you for that because you, when we were in L.A., worked for oh, a yeah. company where you were... What was your job? You were like give, you were doing... The, you were picking songs for shows. No, I was an intern, so I just, okay. I just, <laughs> I just put uh, CDs in envelopes. But it was at Warner Music, <laughs> Warner Music Group in the sync and licensing department. So they did... It was a cool department. They did put... Songs and movies, commercials, and TV shows. Fun fact. I did no actual cool work. Yeah, obviously. Fun fact, though. Who did you get super tight with there? Oh. One. Uh, the Rock's wife. No. There's. Shit, I forgot about that one. Yeah. We were. We, that summer, we she, rubbed a lot of elbows. Let's so, two. That. Then there was two. You had one who your boss was The Rock's girlfriend. And she just, what, she always referred to him as... Oh, yeah, she would, she would just talk about how her and her boyfriend, Dwayne... <laughs> yeah! Uh, Dwayne loved working out, and her and Dwayne work out together sometimes. She would always talk about Dwayne, and it wasn't until, like, maybe three weeks left that I made that connection. That it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah. when she said Dwayne. And, and this was back before he was Dwayne Johnson. He only went by The Rock, because yes. he was just, like, a wrestler. He wasn't a movie star then. And yeah, turns out she was dating the Scorpion King. Yeah, yeah, she was. At and the then time, the, he the was at the time he was only the Scorpion King, and the most yeah. electrifying man in sports entertainment. He was not. He was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, he was not that from guy. San Andreas. It's <laughs> not that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then there was also you became friends with that uh, of the Ruby Ruby Stewart. Right? Yeah, Rod Stewart's daughter. Rod Stewart's daughter. We shared a cubicle. God, we were making so many fucking celebrity connections when we were there. Yeah. I kind of stood in the same room as Adam Brody, one Seth Cohen. sweet. Just rubbing elbows. Also went to a movie premiere when I was at my public relations internships. Stood next to one Drew Barrymore. Nice. Zac Efron. Nice. Justin Long. Uh, The girl from um, Legally Blonde, Selma Blair. Sure, we both had unpaid, <laughs> so we we both had unpaid internships that summer, but our near cele- celebrity sightings and elbow rubbing were priced. I, I, I will say, though, like seeing all those celebrities standing next to him, I was always like, holy shit, these people 
they're not as they're underwhelming in person. Like Drew Barrymore is like five two. She didn't blow you away. Didn't blow me, and she was just wearing like like she looked fine, but she didn't. It wasn't like oh my god. And Zac Efron's you know a little shorter than me, yeah. so it's just Did like you see his abs. I wish. I mean, he was wearing one of those cool LA hats that you only see in LA, where it's like way too big for your head, but you kind of like only wear it on the top of your head, and then it's like kind of like loose in the back, like it's like a hipster hat, like a snow, oh, like hat. a snow hat. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah, wear yeah, yeah. it nice. with like a tank top yeah. in the summer uh-huh. in LA. Like, hey, never understood that trend. By the way, I never totally understood what that was all about. So there was one celebrity though that I saw, and was insanely blown away. Do tell. Charlize Theron. Mm. It was... I, she was at that same... It was a premiere for The Hurt Locker. And this is 2009. And my company, my PR company, was, was d- doing that premiere for the movie. And so I was like... Because I was an intern, I'd go to the premiere. And literally my job as an intern was to stand in the movie theater doors right after the red cop carpet and just hold the door open to the movie theater. Like, they couldn't just get a door stop. They had to have an intern just hold the door. So, yeah, that's the life of an intern is you're essentially just a fucking door stop. Mm-hmm. And I was just yep. holding the door, and all these celebrities are, like, walking right past me through the doors. And when Charlize Theron, like, came up, she's tall She's probably like 5'9 with heels on. So as a girl, that's like you look like, you know, and then she's coming up and like she just looked like, oh my God, like she's all dressed up and everything for a premiere. And I was just like, holy shit, I can't speak. Did you say what's up? No, I couldn't physically speak. So I saw a celebrity. I said, what's up? We documented that a couple episodes. You saw Charlie's song. You didn't say anything? Couldn't function. Okay. Lost all words. All right. Okay, yeah. it's about Some time. Some people are clutch. <laughs> You're clutch and I will under pressure. Classic. So, this is the perfect time to get back to the OC to do our last and final MCITW of the week. This one was tough. By the way, this is brought to you by Wicklow, where W-I-C-K-L-O-W, where... Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklow Ware. Side fun fact, Wicklow Ware got married this past Saturday to my sister. So no deals on Wicklow Ware for any of our listeners, but just go there and buy their shit because it's so sweet. (laughs) Now now it's in my family officially. Wicklow Ware is in my blood. Anyways, okay, MCITW of the Week. I... I'm retiring this for good. And as I retire it... The last one? As I retire the last one, I'm changing this from MCITW of the Week to our AITW of the Week. Nice. Ryan Atwood is Mm -hmm. the worst. Because honestly, in this episode... I was nervous because this was a a tough episode to be Marissa, so I thought you were going to beat up on her... Again, with uh, an MCITW. No, I'm I've wanted to... I've wanted to literally murder Marissa all year, but this episode, I think we should give her an Emmy along with the Emmy that we've already given Luke mm-hmm. for his final episode, that we've given Oliver for his final episode, it, and we give Anna for her final episode. All these people have come in and just like crushed their final episodes. This 
This week, both Unreal Job by Marissa and Kirsten Cohen, like playing the dynamics of being the loved ones of someone going through this drama with a illegitimate child. Like, it was a great job by them. Marissa, like, played it perfectly. She had a bunch of scenes. That, that wedding when, when they're there and they have their final, their big dance. And she's, like, talking about... Oh. She says, I love you. By the way, well, let, let's go back to that. Just remind me, I want to talk about that dance at okay. some point. I don't want to steamroll your... Uh... So, the, well, to keep it on Ryan before we then go to Marissa, I, why it's the R-A-I-T-W of the week is because watching Ben Buttons McKenzie try and cry as an actor in these scenes, it physically hurts my stomach. Like... Just doesn't have the chops. He he's one of the worst actors I've ever seen. Yeah, I feel like the crying is definitely a marker. It's like a certain skill set that, as a certain level actor, that you either have or you don't have. He doesn't have it. Yeah, he. It's he, like an above the rim game for a basketball player. Yeah, oh you yeah. You can be lights out shooting, but if you don't have that above the rim game, you, you, got, you got a ceiling. Yeah, college basketball. You're never gonna be in the NBA if you right. can't play above the rim. Glenn Davis learned that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Eric Hicks from UC also learned that. Um, yeah, it's true. He doesn't have the innate athletic ability to cry on command. And it's like watching him try and cry, it just looks like he's going to take a dump. Like, yeah. It just looks like he's trying to poop. It looks like a pant load. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we shouldn't call Jimmy Cooper a pant load. We should just call Ryan Ben Buttons McKenzie Atwood a fucking pant load in life. He is life's <laughs> pantlet. Okay, so harsh, harsh that, was the, that was the R-A-I-T-W, uh, an official retirement to them. C-I-T-W, again, brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear. Wicklow Wear. All right, what let me your... bring it back to this wedding scene because we got super track, sidetracked talking about uh, our boring lives. <laughs> our celebrity. Our, yeah, we, our we, minimal celebrity. Yeah, we watch this TV show to escape our lives, but sometimes we get sidetracked with them. Yeah. However... <clears throat> so, I just want to point out, so that song is playing, it's like, probably my favorite part about the OC is when there's a song playing, that means, like, the song sets a certain tone, but it's setting, at like, at least three different tones for certain characters in different oh, scenes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So, like, the song is playing, and it's playing continuously as the camera is on multiple sets of people. Yeah. In this scene, sometimes they do it where like somebody's driving and they'll cut to somebody in their room, or you know. But in this one, it's while they're dancing. The song starts, and it's maybe I'm amazed. Everybody knows the song. It's tight. Look up the gem version, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so it starts. It's kind of like romantic and cute. Everybody's like kind of accepted that this weird wedding's happening. Sandy and uh, Kirsten come on the dance floor together, and they. They're like smiling and laughing. You're like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of heartwarming, if anything. And then all of a sudden, the camera zooms in on Ryan and Marissa, who are having a totally different life experience mm-hmm. than the people getting married, the other wedding guests. And all of a sudden, the song takes on a whole new meeting, and you're like, oh my god, this is so sad. Yeah. Jeez. And then it cuts. Same song's playing. It cuts to Seth, who's having his own moment. Oh yeah. And it's just like a new level of sad, where now you're not you're sad before you were sad about a breakup between Marissa and Ryan now you're sad for Seth basically life is going back to shit and he knows it 
They were the kings of the OC. It's just awesome. They it's were the, magic. They were the kings of you have a really awesome song playing, and then you do a montage yes, of all these exactly. different storylines because they, as we said, you burn through a million storylines every episode, and they're the kings of like now they'll go to Sandy. And so no one's speaking. It's just right. this music no, and a montage of all these different storylines. And it's always like slow drag on a cigarette or slow sip of like, you know, uh, a, a handle of uh, like a pint of liquor or Some something. Good brooding. Yeah, it's just and, and each time they go to the montage of like the person, you're, you know exactly what they're thinking yeah. and going through. And you're like, oh, shit, there's that with Sandy. Then they go to Seth, and you're like, oh, shit, there's that with Seth. Yeah, and the song just kind of, like, is like a connective tissue throughout and just yeah. transports you to their different emotions. So I, it's it's awesome. It's the best. It's the best. They they really crushed They crushed that. I will say that Scrubs was also really good at Yeah, that. yeah. Scrubs right. did a really good job with that. A song, a montage bunch of slow motion and then you see all these characters in their different different scenes and then it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah that's a good point um thank you as i as i just was reminded as we were talking about that about like the slow drags on the alcohol and it brought me to the end of this episode when it ends with marissa you know as to to keep the cliffhangers going it ends with marissa just pulling out a pint at 16 years old, a pint of absolute vodka on her balcony and just taking pulls off of it at 16. And and like, no chaser, nothing. And it's like, why? I get it. She's an alcoholic. They're playing her as an alcoholic. But why do they have to be like like a 65 year old haggard life's beating him down lost his kids and wife in a burning fire. She's like fire. a sailor. Yeah, like, I'm out to sea and I'm just taking straight liquor pulls. Yep. Like, have her sneaking, like, you know, a Mike's Hard Lemonade from her parents' fridge <laughs> to, like, keep her alcoholism going. Like, it was just a weird move. It did make me thirsty for some absolute vodka, though. I still, when I drink liquor to this day, it's like, I can't drink it without making a face. Unless I have a chaser, <laughs> or am I mixing it like in a Coke? So, so for her to 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 just be like, you know, chugging pools of vodka like it's water at sixteen. Plus, that those little kind of those cool glass pint bottles are kind of hard to get. You have to go to a liquor store, yeah. and ask for it. It's yeah. usually like behind the cash. Your parents aren't buying those because they'll just buy handles. Yeah, <clears throat> if the ones that are kept in the house are just like handles that you. You know, use for parties, you'll use... So, that's just an efficiency thing. So, you don't have to keep going to the liquor store, like, every two days to reload on your liquor. Yeah. So, yeah. Weird. Um, Okay, and then... I think... Why don't we just get into our would-you-rathers as we wrap up? Sounds good to me. Actually, real quick, before we... Okay, let's do that, and then we'll do our key takeaways. I have some takeaways as we wrap up the OC. What's what's your would you rather of the week? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to put yourself in someone else's shoes for this. So, so that's like one of my best qualities. Yeah. So transport. I took one of those tests. Yeah. Those tests for like personality tests and you an empath. Empathy is like tops for me. That's nice to know. So, 
it's pretty fucked out that you got to ask if I can put myself <laughs> in other people's All right, well, shoes. Let's you see know how I let's, can do that. Let's put this to the test. All right, so in this scenario, <clears throat> you are Caleb Nickel. Okay, easy. Would you rather someone's throwing a party for you and you find out that you have one or two, one of two options. Either there's going to be cilantro in the food or there's going to be colored lights hanging everywhere. Which one of those two options do you want? So I got to take myself out of my shoes because if we're in my shoes... You don't care. I fucking love cilantro. Yeah. So I want it on everything. (laughs) I literally want cilantro on everything. I'm Caleb Nickel and I know, yes, I hate cilantro and I hate colored lights. More than anything. I only like white lights. I would rather just have the cilantro there. Yeah. Because for me, it's really fucking tacky to have colored Christmas lights at a party. Good answer. It's not tacky to have cilantro. Yeah. So if I'm Caleb Nickel, I am the consummate professional. Right. I only look to to outwardly project professionalism right. at all times. That's why I wear Burberry ties. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would not spend three hundred and fifty dollars on a Burberry tie if I didn't want people to outwardly think I'm professional as fuck. That's a good. So, answer. so starve yourself, save face. Yeah. With the white lights. I'd and pack it to eat some dinner after. I'd pack a couple Cliff bars. Yeah, smart. Very smart. In my pocket, go into the bathroom and munch them down for the protein. Not eat any of the food there, mm-hmm. and then everyone there knows that I mean business with white lights. Yeah, and they're just basking under that white glow. Okay, so now for my would you rather to you, you got to put yourself in the mind and body of a sixteen year old. The body part won't be hard because you still have a 16-year-old body. Yeah. In a good way. So you're asking me to put myself in someone else's shoes. Interesting how we're both on the same page. Yeah. I think I can do it. You're a 16-year-old, and you've got two lady options here. You have a one-time hookup with a 16-year-old Marissa Cooper who is at the peak. And, and I am, I repeat for our listeners, I am 16 at this point. You're 30. <laughs> You're 16, and you have this 16-year-old Marissa Cooper, who, by all accounts, is a smoke show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she is just as good. She looks like she's 27, by the way. But whatever. She's You're 16, she's 16. She's smoking hot. You have a one-time hookup with her, or you're 16, and if you recall, at 16, not crushing it with the ladies. Big time. So, you have the option to hook up once with Marissa, or have Summer Roberts as your full-time girlfriend, and you just gain a girlfriend. Oh, that, <clears throat> I think this is easy for me. I'm going Summer Roberts. Even though Marissa is definitely like way more attractive. So like a one-time hookup with her is better than a hookup with Summer. Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going Summer Roberts. I think I would Because say. in certain scenes I'm definitely more of a Summer guy. I'm more of a Summer Look, guy. Looks-wise, yeah. I like her personality. If you told me I could have a girlfriend when I was 16, I would have been Take that in a second. Yeah. But I would also take a hookup in a second too. Because those weren't, those weren't growing on trees either. 
I wouldn't have even known what that would that have been <laughs> as a 16-year-old. <laughs> Just not looking up at all. Okay. Yeah, that one was pretty easy. I, so again, I sh- are going steady. Yeah, you, you're. I struggle a little bit with the would you rather because honestly, I just got so fucking invested in this episode <laughs> for like the seventeenth time viewing it that it we were you know we're we're always tasked with it and I was like I I couldn't even focus. I was just so locked in. Okay, so let's just wrap up our key takeaways from the OC. We've spent a lot of time on this. A lot of time invested throughout our lives and just on this podcast, bringing it to the listeners. But I have a couple takeaways. I, I don't know if you have any other ones. <clears throat> my Some of my things 15 years later that I'm thinking of is, one, stock rising for Luke and Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> Versus, like, when we first saw it, they were, they were villains. You know, we hated them. But now at 30 years old... Got a little bit more perspective. Yeah, I'm like a little more life perspective. I'm like, hey, that was bullshit that I hated these guys because I, I think like, I like side with them on a lot more than I did back then. Sure, Caleb is pretty evil and conniving, but at the end of the day, he's just trying to run a business. Yeah, and a lot of the moves he yeah. makes are to kind he's of he's a ruthless business with that. He's a, he's a job creator. Really. I would so I would say their stock rose. I would say some stock on the decline. Ryan, Ben Buttons, Mackenzie, Atwood, and Sandy Cohen. I know it's it's blasphemous to rip on Sandy Cohen. Yeah, it's tough for me to hear. Someone gave me a shirt uh, back in the day that was just Sandy Cohen's face on it really big. Do you still own it? Yeah, obviously. I've never thrown that out. So, I really... I love Sandy, but like... Sometimes you just want to tell him like, fuck off. Oh, well, I still think he's awesome, but I think we see through his shit a little bit. Yeah, we, it's a little know, too self-righteous. Yeah, or... yeah, we know he's he's always he always wants to be the hero. He is the cool guy and we're just like, "All right, yeah. Okay. Okay, dad. Yeah, we get it. We you're get cool. It. You're yeah. you're a cool good dad." Yeah. Like sometimes you got to do a little wrong though. And he he never really like has a human being moment of where he does a little wrong. But there's still so many moments where he just he gets me riled up in a good way, a la the moment where he drives Ryan with the keys yeah. to go show down Oliver. It's just yeah. like, yeah, this guy is awesome. Yeah. I'm with him. Um, the but other, yeah, he's a little cheesy in hindsight. The other thing is that the last thing I, I wrote down, key takeaways, is we saw the stars on this, and it says three out of five stars on yeah. Hulu. Got robbed. And I'm like, who the fuck is... Rating this only a three out of five. Like, are you serious? A sixty percent? Not even a passing grade? That's like, cool. this is still the best show ever created in history. This will go down as the greatest show of all time, no doubt about it. Absolutely. When the history books are written, the OC will be number one above everything else. The Wire, uh, The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, Once all the dust this settles. shit. Yeah. People will realize that this is a five-star show. Five. Five. Five stars. Five stars. Hulu can fuck right off. Yeah, that got Hulu, me. Hulu, we never want you as a sponsor. You're in the category with Jamba Juice. Fuck Hulu. Fuck the three stars. Fuck Jamba Juice. And that's it on the OC. We did it. We did it. We're gonna oh, c- by the way, uh, Marissa does die at the end of season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> 
<laughs> I might have to take that out. I don't want to give that away. Did we already say she died? <laughs> to check out more Vicarious Living episodes, follow us on SoundCloud at Vicarious Living. You'll know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured. <laughs>